you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. NFL Now is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. If you were hoping for instant replay for roughing the passer, I got bad news for you. It's probably not going to happen. We are live at the league meeting in New York coming up shortly. This is a Tuesday edition of NFL Now on NFL Network. My name is Andrew Siciliano. This right here, a man who went to a game last night at SoFi Stadium. How are you, Steve? I'm doing good. And the way those quarterbacks were getting hit last night without the roughing penalties, that was interesting as well because there, there were some big hits. Yeah, and there was one also interesting roughing the passer call as well against... Uh, the Broncos on Justin Herbert. We'll get to that in a little bit, but let's get to the highlight of that game. Speaking of Justin Herbert, even with the rib cartilage injury, Chargers have been playing well, ran the ball last week very well in Cleveland. Russell Wilson trying to get it going early, and he did. He opened 10 for 10. This is a touchdown to the rookie, the local kid, Greg Dulcich. I mean, wide open, but naked open, as they like to say, but Wilson stepped up and created space, as we were wanting to see him do. La Kenyatta. In the house. And then Austin Eckler into the end zone. How about this push? A six-yard touchdown for Austin Eckler coming off a huge game last week. Yeah, I mean, you got to think his offensive line for creating a hole and pushing him through. The story of this game became Dustin Hopkins. Yes. Okay. Dustin Hopkins, this is after the extra point on the Eckler touchdown. Grabs his right hammy. They would wrap up that hamstring, get Mr. Miyagi to work on it. We kept cutting to Dustin Hopkins. He didn't leave the game. He kept coming back hitting kicks, and then falling over in pain. This tied it at 17, or rather at 16. Drama. Drama. The and drama. eventually sent it to overtime. We thought uh. it might end in a tie, but then P.J. Locke got pushed into the return man, Montreal, Washington, and we have a muff punt. I mean, that's just a tough play. The, the blocker gets pushed into him. You can't really see it because he's looking up at the ball, and that results and the Chargers get an opportunity to win it. And that opportunity off the right foot, and thanks to the right hamstring, sore as it may be, from one Dustin Hopkins, who nails the field goal. Four for four, fighting through pain, kicking through pain, kicking Justin Herbert and the Chargers to a 19-16 Monday night win. That's yeah, huge. You know, like you mentioned, um, 
you know, two years ago, maybe that's a different story. And for us to go out and close and, and finish and um, to get that turnover on special teams like that is huge for us. And um, just to, to stay in the fight, come back from 10-0 uh, early on, you know, it says a lot about our team. All right, let's get to New York here. Uh, those are the Yorks. Uh, New York, see what we did there? Well done, McEnroe Francis. Uh, owners meeting, league meeting, quarterly meeting there in New York. There's Shad Khan, owner of the Jaguars. Let's find out some of the news there. Ian Rappaport, Tom Pelissero, Judy Batista now live from New York with all the talk, Judy, about roughing the passer. But it, it seems like, as expected, if the fans wanted any movement from this meeting, that's not going to happen. Well, we'll see. We've got a long way to go on this season and then in the offseason, but we just had a briefing from Troy Vincent from the league and, and Rich McKay, who is a leader of the competition committee, and they said un, uh, unexpectedly the owners actually talked quite a bit about roughing the passer. Not on the agenda, but this is how it goes. When the owners want to talk about something, they talk about something. They described the conversation as healthy and spirited. A few takeaways from that. Roughing the passer calls are down 40% so far this season, a very significant drop. And they are not backing off the idea that protecting the quarterback's health is a top priority. Uh, Troy Vincent said the game is not softer, it's a safer game. And then he said 91 of the most watched 100 programs last year were football. And that is because of the quarterbacks because of the young quarterbacks in the game. And he said, if you don't have a healthy quarterback, you know you have no chance to win. So that tells you where their line of thinking is. And I can tell you from listening to Rich and Troy, there does not seem to be any appetite to make this reviewable. Rich McKay yeah. went in depth into how badly it was when they made defensive pass interference reviewable a few years ago. That lasted only a year before they threw that out the window because it was such a mess. Uh, and they certainly made the case that if you're looking at the idea of reviewing roughing the pass, you got to do a deep dive into this and really think about what you want reviewable. Yeah, and you know, if, if you judge some of the words of, of Rich McKay here, Judy, what he essentially does not want is to reofficiate the plays through replay, through slow motion. And, you know, we see this happen all the time where uh, there's a bang, bang play, a judgment call made by an official, and then we see it in super slow motion. Maybe it looks a little different, which theoretically you could do, but you'd have to do a whole scale change and alteration of basically everything we know about the game of football and officiating does not seem like there's any appetite for that as you mentioned and you know one of the more colorful moments of the briefing Tom was when Rich McKay kind of flogged himself for getting lulled into allowing PIs to be reviewable it doesn't seem like that is going to happen again but you know I, I for one was really struck by the uh, just the overemphasis on making sure the quarterback is protected, almost saying some of these penalties are okay as long as the it results in the quarterback being safer. There was a telling quote from Troy Vincent in that press conference talking about the roughing the passer penalty on Grady Jarrett. And he said, and he was choosing his words carefully, that's one you would not like to see, but philosophically, yeah. you could support it. In other words, under the language of the rule and the fact this is a judgment call, that is within the referee's authority. Even if you'd say, well, this is probably not the right one to call, you can understand why it's called. That also would mean if this were reviewable under the current standard, which is clear and obvious evidence to overturn it, that play probably would not have yeah. been overturned upon replay. So that's where then Rich McKay was talking about, do you create an entirely different standard that is truly substituting one person's judgment for another, re-officiating rather than saying, when in doubt, let the call stand. Let's also remember when that pass interference review went into effect, 
that was unlike any other rule change we've ever seen because basically they came up with the idea at the meeting, the coaches got together and said, we want to do this statistically, pass interference has the biggest impact on games, gets the most yards, we want to change it. So they passed it and then figured out how it was going right. to work. And that's what McKay talked about is if you were ever going to go down that path again, it's very clear that Rich, much like the rest of the competition committee, does not really, or at least has strong reservations about going down that path. You'd have to do a lot of work to figure out how exactly that would operate and avoid the scenario you had before, which is passing something that sound good, good and then going, wait, how do we do this? Right. The, the other thing that came out of this as we send it back to you is scoring is down. They are not yet concerned about that. They said, look, if you get at, to the end of the season and scoring is at around 41 points per game, then they would look at it. But right now, it's it's yeah. still in the range that's acceptable to them. Okay. And if there was any change to the roughing the passer, officiating, it's not going to come mid-season here. And the thing in 2019 was a direct result, obviously, of the NFC Championship game, Nicole Roby Coleman. And they're still angry about that in New Orleans. It lasted one year there, that rule change. Coming up next, Aaron Rodgers says, simplify the offense. You're a three-time MVP. What does that mean? Also, back to New York, back to three dudes and cell phones in a hotel lobby. Win, 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 win. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. All right, it's the NFL fall meeting going on right now. The owners and others getting together in New York. There is Arthur Blank, everyone on hand to do some league business. Mr. Mara on hand as well. 
home game for him for this league meeting, quarterly meeting. Let's go live there, shall we? Uh, we swapped out Mike Garofolo for Judy Batista, classing these things up. Ian Rappaport, Tom Pelissero as well. No injury news here, league news. Judy, what's on the agenda? Well, really, the topic that will dominate the thoughts here is not on the agenda, um, but is likely to come up in conversation when the owners are in their privileged session toward the end of the day. And that is, of course, the status of Washington owner Daniel Snyder, who is currently the subject of, I believe it is, five investigations, including one by the NFL into the workplace culture in Washington and to potential financial irregularities in Washington. Um, and what we can say is there's, there's not going to be any action taken now and maybe not ever, but certainly there has been a shift in tone in the relationship between the league and Daniel Snyder and in talking to people around the league and to some owners, it is clear that there is a feeling among most owners that they would prefer somebody else own that franchise now. Right. That does not mean they are prepared to take action to oust him, but certainly there is a feeling that he has lost support among his fellow owners for him to continue to remain in Washington. Yeah, and absolutely right about that, judging from the people I've spoken with. I think most people are on the same page, most owners uh, most notably are on the same page with wishing that Daniel Snyder was not an owner, but saying that and getting 24 votes to oust him, as uh, Roger Goodell has discussed very publicly, that is the way it works. It's not uh, Goodell himself saying, you're out. It's 24 owners voting to decide that Daniel Snyder can no longer own the team. They are not there yet. And from my understanding, Tom, Jerry Jones, who is, you know, so important and influential to which direction this is all going to go, is still on board with Daniel Snyder. If that changes, that would be a dramatic turn and, and potentially something that would be uh, that would signal the end of Daniel Snyder's tenure. But we are not there yet. So until we are, he will remain, and uh, we will all wait for the results of some of these, many of these investigations. There also is nothing and was never anything on the agenda regarding roughing the passer or any other types of officiating issues here. Those are conversations that take place in March, six games, small sample size. They're not ready to discuss those things yet. And to this point, through six weeks, the roughing calls are actually way down. There are updates throughout the day on health and safety, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Also, the state of the game, that's always one of the big things at this fall meeting. Scoring is a little bit down. The number of plays run per game is a little bit down, but margin of victory right now is just 8.9 points per game. To put that in perspective, the only other year ever where it's under 10 was in 1932, 90 years ago, when the Bears <laughs> played three consecutive scoreless ties to start the season, ended up going on to win the championship here. That's always something they look at in terms of competitive balance and the parity within the league. So small margin of victories, even with some lower scoring games, is viewed as a positive within the room. We are expecting to start getting updates here in the next few minutes. It's on, as you said, health and safety and football operations. And then, again, the privilege session, uh, which is owners only in the room, um, that will close out the day here. That is when, theoretically, a Daniel Snyder conversation would happen. But what they are going to do is they are expected to approve a settlement um, that will finally clear the decks of who is paying for the relocation of the Rams from St. Louis to LA. Uh, of course, the NFL was in court uh, with St. Louis and there is a substantial amount of money that has to be paid out and 
They have been arguing over that internally among owners for quite a few months, and finally there is a settlement in place that the owners will vote on. It is expected to pass, and that will close that chapter once and for all on the relocation of the Rams to Los Angeles. All right, guys, thank you. 1932 for that note. Love it. That's when the Bears played at Wrigley Field. The Rams were still five years away from being born uh, as the Cleveland Rams in 1937. So good history. Way back machine there. Tom Pelissero, thank you. Tom, Ian, Judy. The Packers uh, did play at Lambeau back in 1932, if memory serves. Granted, I wasn't around. Um, the offense, many people think, looked like a 1932 offense the last couple of weeks. And then after the loss to the Jets, Aaron Rodgers said that he wants to simplify things. First of all, you're going to have to ask Aaron what he meant by that. And second of all, I think that every week when we go through a plan, we are 100% um, going into the game on the same page. Like there's nothing, there, there's nothing that we put in um, when we put in a game plan without having some communication with him. Because I don't, I don't want to put it in if he doesn't feel good about it or uneasy about it. Part of what he said was, quote, very simple plays, no motion. I guess that was part of, at least part of his description of what he was thinking. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But you're a big, you're a big, I'm not trying to like stir the pot here, but you are a big motion guy. I mean, well, it so, sounds like you're trying to stir uh, the pot. We never want to do anything that's going to confuse our players. And um, certainly I don't, I don't want to put our players in a spot where if, if like, why, why motion if it's going to cause more confusion? I'm with that. We don't want to do that. Interesting. Baldy Steve White, again, a three-time MVP, says he wants to simplify things. Uh, for the record, 1932, they played at City Stadium, which is now the home of, according to Wikipedia, East High, now that we have that out of the way. But, Baldy, what does simplifying the offense mean? I, I read it kind of is like a, a shot at the rookies. Like, well, maybe you're not up to speed yet. We, we need to dumb it down. Well, usually, Andrew, when, they, when you talk about simplifying, it's to play faster. Um, you know, so that guys aren't thinking. And, and, you know, we got a lot of rookies out there and young offensive linemen. But every single thing right now from the two New York losses that they've had back-to-back, shut out by the Giants in London. They scored three points in the first half, um, you know, in the first half against the Jets. And when you watch it, they're beat up up front on the offensive line. They're losing up front. And then ultimately, though, and this is where Devontae Adams and the loss of Devontae Adams comes in. They have literally no deep passing game. Every metric is down. They can't get chunk plays. Aaron Rodgers is waiting to be able to throw that ball down the field right there, but Quentin Williams knocks him right on his backside right there as a fumble. They can't get the ball down the field. They tried against the Giants. They were not successful. They tried against Sauce Gardner and the Jets. They couldn't do it. They can't get the deep ball down the field. They're trying, but they have not been successful at it. Trade deadline now 14 days away, two yeah. weeks from today. Steve, can they do anything? Randall Cobb's going to be out for a while. Right, I mean, that, that's, I think they have to. I mean, they have to get involved. If they're trying to make a run, suppose this is Aaron Rodgers last year, one of his last, they've got to try to do something. They didn't necessarily go out and do much in the offseason. They have to do something now. Where that comes from, I don't know. Is Kenny Galladay or someone like that available? Maybe. Odell Beckham is still not healthy yet. That is an issue. But, but here's something you have to take into account. We talk about, okay, maybe simplify things. Their offense has worked 
okay like in the second quarter of games. It's in the second half of games where they fall apart. Last two weeks, been outscored 27-2 to in the fourth quarter. Okay, those are both losses. So as the game goes on, the offense seems to be working, you know, functioning more poorly and poorly. Is that a lack of adjustments? Is that people not making plays? That's where they need to tighten the screws. I don't know if that's simplifying things or guys just stepping up in the moment. We just heard about the, the lack of point differential and wins. Hey, man, in the NFL, you got to win tight games. And if guys just don't have the stomach for it, whatever it is, they've got to go out and get Aaron Rodgers some help. I thought one of the under-the-radar storylines last week was the Matt LaFleur, Mike LaFleur storyline here. Yep. The Jets' OC is Matt's brother, Mike yes, brother. LaFleur. Not that we haven't seen this system. So many teams run this system now. Coming up next, you heard the Russell Wilson injury update. How about the power ranking update? Are they free falling? We'll let you know. That's next. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you know do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hot off the press is a Tuesday tradition truly unlike any other. The Dan Hanzoos Power Rankings on NFL.com. Rankings that still, I believe, Dan, for the second consecutive week. Steve White's here as well for the peanut gallery. 
have the Bills ahead of the only remaining undefeated team, the Philadelphia Eagles. Are we going to get the it's not the power rankings or rather the power standings, it's the power rankings answer? Uh, you, you, you said it. For me right now, what we're talking about, though, is the big three uh-huh. and a whole lot of let's see. I agree with that. Yep. And this Absolutely. is hard. It's getting harder. It's supposed to be getting easier. It's getting harder, but I'm under control. Everything's fine. Okay, so, so the big three are the Bills, the Eagles, and the Chiefs, right? Yes. And then you even have kind of the Vikings here as the let's see, even though they're five and one. Yeah, I would put if you could like visualize it, it would be those three and then this huge gap. Like maybe there's a mountain, you have the top of the mountain, and then maybe a quarter of the way up, there's the Vikings at four. And that's not disrespecting the Vikings. Well, it kind of is. But I like the Vikings. I think the Vikings are a good team. I think they're figuring things out. They're winning games they were losing last year under Mike Zimmer. But at the same time, they're not a complete team. They're a team that needed a big run from Dalvin Cook and a huge turnover in their own end to get out of, the, get out of uh, Miami with a win. Uh, but 5-1, and one, it is not the power standings. But in these uncertain times, I give them credit for finding ways to win games when so many teams are finding ways to lose them. All right, l- let's get here to a team that Steve and I were talking a lot about before. All right, mm-hmm. the Cowboys. They get yes. Dak back. You still have the Cowboys behind the Bengals, right? Cincinnati 5, Dallas 6. Even though, Steve, didn't the, didn't the Cowboys beat the Bengals? Cowboys beat the Bengals, but then Cowboys just took an L to the Eagles. And I think, and, and, is that what you factored into this? Because I, here, here's what I want to see a big picture. Yes. These rankings show where the NFL is. When you talk about how hard it is to rank some of these teams, like the Vikings are four. And I think, like you said, most of the people around the NFL would be like, yeah, the Vikings are five. They're like one, a 12. But, but do we think yeah. they're a great team? Right. And so having the Cowboys behind the bank, I can't really argue it record-wise, even though I think if they went head-to-head, it would be a hell of a game, but Dak has to play. So you factor some of those things in, and that's why I'm just kind of like, hey, the Bengals had a nice win over the Saints. Yeah, I like Cincinnati. I really liked um, them finding a way to make Jamar Chase Jamar Chase again and them um, popping the hood on that offense and getting explosive. I just get a vibe that Burrow and Chase and Higgins with the offensive line improving are about to go on a run. And in a league, it's so close and condensed. Guys of that caliber with that talent level getting hot and getting protection, I could see Cincinnati going off here. So I believe in them. I've kind of believed in them all year. The Cowboys, it's, I think this is my fourth year doing power rankings uh, for the NFL. No team has ever lost and moved up four spots higher up into the top ten. But again, that talk, that's about the unique nature of what the season has been. I believe in the Cowboys. I like how they comported themselves in the second half in, in a tough, difficult road environment. And now with Dak coming. They're okay. I like them. I'd love to put them at four, but they didn't win on Sunday. If memory serves, it was 2006, right, Adrian, the last time both New York teams made the postseason? 2006. All right. So your Jets are up big. They're now above the cut line. They're up four to 13, Hanzoos. And the Giants are up six spots to seven. Yeah. Seven. I mean, is there anything stranger about what's going on in the league right now that the Jets and Giants are both – power players. Uh, the Jets, I try to have m- like maximum integrity here with the Jets and not get too excited. But you look at New York and what they have in the new. I listened to the have. podcast. I-, I heard Sessler say that watching that Jets game with you was unlike anything. <laughs> no, I mean, I believe, but it, who cares about what I believe? The Jets and these young players believe they can beat anybody now. And once again, in a hyper-condensed league where there's the big three and then a huge soft underbelly, 
They could beat almost anybody right now. And I think Zach Wilson is the big question there. With the Giants, again, you got to look at the landscape. A team that's well coached, that knows how to close, that has Barkley playing at a high level and Wink coaching up the defense. They're going to keep winning close games because there's not a real big talent and team disparity across our league, as Troy Eggman would say. And and we talked about it last week on the podcast and here. They believe they win, right? Now the Giants are going into games feeling they can win, and I think the Jets are turning that corner as well. Like, Mm. we think we're the better team. They may have more talent, but we're rolling right now, and that's what I think Salah. When I say they are the baby 49ers, what the Niners were a couple years ago where they're running the ball, they're beating people up on both lines of scrimmage, They've got something working. The Jets are in Denver this week to play the Broncos. Denver may not have Russell Wilson. Tom Pelissero says MRI today on a hamstring injury. Denver is the biggest faller if we go back to week one, where you had them in the top 10 at eight. They're now Dan at 24. I mean, I'm not alone. I thought they were a power player in the league. Obviously, Park Avenue thought the same with all the primetime games yeah. you got in the first six so weeks. A couple more standalones. And this has been just so hard to watch. And I think the most frustrating thing, and, I, and I'm sure Denver fans are just dying this year, uh, is that the defense has been good to great at times. And all they have needed is league average offense. And they are atop the AFC West. They are probably tied with the Chiefs or maybe even ahead of them. But instead, this is the worst offense in football. There's no other way to round, round, round it and with the running game also struggling it's a lot of bad football Russell Wilson has said let's ride all offseason and after every game when leaving the podium he did not do it yesterday we're there may not play I had somebody tweet at me let's rip our YP meaning Brett Rippon who would be oh, oh, next up. Now, who would ever think that after what the middle of October the years. I, I mean yeah. yes, he was being positive of course for former Boise State legend Brett Rippon of course nephew of the former Super Bowl MVP, who would be next in line as the Broncos in two weeks in a standalone window in London. Coming up next, speaking of the New York teams, Brian Baldinger goes under the hood, a baldy breakdown on what isn't breaking down with these two would-be playoff teams. Thank you, Hanzoos. What is going on here? Could be good. That was 60 minutes at its finest, and I mean that. Y'all absolutely tore him up in the second half. O-line, way to get after the... Defense, defense, Uh, D-line, play after play after play. Special teams, big play, big play. uh, Michael Clemens. Yeah, how about Robert Sala's Jets, who are 3-0. and On the road, Brian Baldinger for the first time in 12 years. Now they go to Denver, maybe without Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Go under the hood for us, a baldy breakdown. What are they doing so well? They've drafted well, Andrew. I mean, Joe, Joe, Joe Douglas came in, and you look at the top of the draft, you know, whether it's Zach Wilson, Brees Hall, Sauce Gardner, uh, Quinnen Williams. Like, they've drafted at the top of the draft, and they fit in all of them. And right now, Brees Hall, the way he's running, like, he's a candidate for the Offensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, these back-to-back runs, and, you know, they've adjusted the offensive line to, to really get their five best out there. Oliveira Tucker has started three different positions, uh, you know, and then Dwayne Brown coming back doesn't look 37 years old at left tackle. They kind of fixed that right now. And then you got Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore and these guys outside to throw it to. So, and then defensively, they put a lot of resources, Andrew, into their defensive front. And Quinton Williams, 
flat out is playing as well as any defensive tackle, including that monster that plays in that stadium right next to you, Aaron Donald, is anybody in this league, anybody in the league right now. And so he, he kind of starts the fight up front. He was dominant against the Packers. And for the Giants, it's the ultimate job of coaching by Brian Dable and Wink Martindale. And, you know, they, they recognize that Saquon is their star player. They've addressed the offense line with Evan Neal, Glowinski, Feliciano. They've kind of fixed that. They've got a lot of rookie contributions. Neal, Bellinger, um, Kayvon. And then Wink has challenged players that have been on that roster, like Dexter Lawrence. And he's told him, he goes, look, you belong in the Pro Bowl. And if you're not there, that's my fault. It's on me. So he's challenged these guys, and he's kind of unleashed the beast within Dexter Lawrence, Big Cat Williams, and some of those guys up front, and they're playing like it right now. And so it's really uh, it's really the result of some great coaching in New York and great drafting with the Jets. All right, and the Giants now head to the Jaguars. The Jets, as mentioned, head to the Broncos. Two big road tests for them both. Huge. Thank you, Brian Baldinger. All right, so, you know, whether it's the Giants or the Jets or whatever, we all agreed it was the craziest offseason ever, ever. But watching that game last night, it hit me. How many of, uh, uh, on, how many of those moves um, that we spent so much time on uh, during the offseason have fallen absolutely flat? So let's go back to March if we could. The day before free agency opened, we broke the news right here on the show that after months of speculation and mind reading, Aaron Rodgers was coming back. Okay. But look at the Packers now. Tom Brady retired on a Saturday, unretired 40 days later, and then disappeared in August. Now look at the Buccaneers, and then look at the Broncos last night. I mean, raise your hand if you thought the story after six weeks would be future Hall of Fame quarterback can't read the field. How much time did we spend talking about Baker Mayfield between August and March? Right. It's certainly not all his fault, and it is never only one player's fault. But you can keep going if you go to NFL.com. Pull up Greg Rosenthal's free agency top 101. J.C. Jackson was two. He got benched last night. Allen Robinson had one big game. He was a Chandler Jones was number five. I mean, you get my point here. I guess what I'm saying is plenty of moves have worked. Von Miller is a perfect example. Tyreek Hill, a perfect example as well. Devontae Adams, sure, even if the Raiders really aren't winning. We love the offseason. It never ends, but sometimes... I don't know. Maybe don't believe the hype. Just think it out loud. NFL Now is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.